0: Block Talk Radio Quiet, please (laughs)
1: Welcome to Rex Lykes Movie Beat Conversations with Filmmakers, where we discuss everything film and television. Here on Movie Beat, you'll learn what to do and what not to do when it comes to making movies and TV. We will talk to everyone behind the scenes and in front of the camera, and I'll provide you with the guests and the information you're going to want to have, whether you're a filmmaker or a fan, and so now let's move behind the scenes here at Movie Beat. My guest today returning is Mr. Michael Frost Beckner. He's a producer, he's a screenwriter, a television writer, uh, a man of many hats, and so we're going to be with him in just a moment, and we're going to talk about uh, many exciting things, uh, film development, TV development, pilot season, what's going on right now, so uh, he'll be with us in just a second. His website for a new mini-series that he is producing is 2 That's the, the Civil War event. That's T-O-A-P-P. Now I screwed myself up again. A-P-P-O-A-P-P-A-T-T-O-M. All right. Well, I'll come back and I'll spell it later. But it's 2appomattox. And I apologize to Michael and all of you who are listening. For that. Um, uh, so, anyway, he'll be with us in just a second. If you're listening live, the chat room is open. Do join us in the chat room. If you have questions, you can always ask uh, questions of my guest. The official website address, the URL is rexsykes.com. It's R-E-X-S-I-K-E-S. That's my name. I'm Rex Sykes. I'm your host. All of these interviews can be listened to live right there from the, my guest's biography blog page. That, that Uh, So, for example, at rexics.com, you go to interviews, use a page, this is Michael Frost Beckner. you go in there and you click on the link, you can listen live, or that same link, you can listen to archived. So all of these shows are recorded and then archived for you to listen to anytime, 24-7. There's over 400, almost over 500 hours of programming with professional filmmakers and TV makers and content providers who are sharing their expertise and know-how with each of us so that we can better uh, experience success, create our projects, get them done, and get them to the marketplace uh, and and benefit by that. So uh, I want to thank all of my guests through the years for being there, and for Michael to be here today to take the time to share with us. So please do us one big, huge favor. That is share this website and these discussions with all of your friends and all of your colleagues. Tweet about it, Instagram it, picturegram it, pin Interest it, Facebook it, Tumblr it, whatever it might be your favorite social media needs. Right now, if you're listening live or archived, tweet about it. And, uh, and live tweet while you listen to the discussion because there are points that my, my guests make that uh, you can share to the world. What that does is it helps other people find out about my guest and about the show and to benefit from the valuable information that these people give away to you for free. One other thing I ask you to do is comment on the show. Each time underneath, uh, when the player is there at the Blog Talk Radio player, underneath it you can leave a comment. So leave a comment during the show or after the show, but don't go away live or archived without commenting if you would, especially if you're in the chat room with us as well. All right. So without any further hesitation, I'm going to bring Michael on, and then I'm going to spell two Appomattox correctly because I can do this. (laughs) I can do this. Uh, hi, Michael. How are you?
0: I'm great. How are you this morning, Rex?
1: I'm very, very good. Now, to so let's see if I can if 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 I can do it because I put I typed it into the chat room earlier. It's it's t o a p p o m a t t o x dot com. And, and there it is. And there it is. So go to appomatics dot com and and check out the new miniseries that Michael is doing. He's also m M, as in Mary, F as in Frank Beckner, B-E-C-K-N-E-R, uh, on Twitter. And you also have at Two Appomattox on Twitter. So,
0: um, yes, and, and on Facebook. There's a community there and a, and a lot of information there. I, I try and get on there every day and and, and update or comment or, or, or answer questions and, and, and stuff. Some Myself or someone from our uh, production teams is usually lurking around there, so you can get pretty pretty up-to-date information a lot a lot of this stuff right now is a little frustrating because we're we're negotiating and closing some deals and and uh everyone's very excited about that it's been a long road um to get this uh, off the ground and get it financed but the the tricky thing with it is, is uh the content is so strictly american that it uh it doesn't sell well overseas or pre-sell well overseas so it has been uh, very difficult to make our budget needs, and we're very fortunate to have found some money, uh, quite a bit of money, uh, being put together to, to, uh, here in the United States that uh, is going to get this thing launched and, and, and fill that gap that we've had um, with, with every network who has expressed interest and wanted to uh, be involved in it. So we're very excited about that. That will be coming together at the end of next week. Contracts and agreements have gone out, and it and, uh, looks like we're finally headed to uh, Appomattox.
1: That is fantastic news. That is, that is truly exciting, and uh, and uh, it's it's great to be able to to follow the process that that you make that available to us in, in updating us here on Rexx and also on Facebook on your page and pages. So uh, that's it, very very cool. You know, it, it's it's it. What I love about doing this show and, and talking with people like yourself, you know, and and uh, and what you do uh, when you share your ideas and your thoughts and your expertise. Um, with me on the show or uh, on your pages of Facebook, is it gives people um, an insider glimpse into the process and unlocks the secrets and demystifies it. I, what surprises me, uh, for example, in my show, is I've got listeners who are A-list listeners in in, in, in front of and behind camera and uh, all the way down to emerging uh, filmmakers, people who are just now starting their careers as an actor, writer, you know, editor, filmmaker, whatever it might be, production assistant, and fans around the world, and it's the fans around the world who, who aren't interested in being in the movie business, but uh, who just listen because they're intrigued with the process that I find so fascinating. And, and, and yet, the great value uh, of, for what you do and what you share is to those people who are actually pursuing a career. So thank you. Well, yeah.
0: Well, of course, certainly. Uh, it's uh, you know, it's, it's 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 you know how how I was raised, and and I think it's a good way to, to live life. Is you always get, give back a little of what you got, got what you've received, and, and if you've been as fortunate as I have in this in this career, I've I've received a lot, so I I try to give back as much as possible, and uh, and this is a nice way to do it, um, and uh, the, you know this is on on the internet, it's uh, for free, it's uh, uh, and the, the depth of interviewees you've had, of guests that you've had in, in, in so many various capacities in the entertainment industry is, is, is huge. It's, 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 a rich library of, of, of educational and thought provoking material. So I'm going to talk to you as well.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. So you, uh, on top of two Appomattox, this now is pilot season. And, and, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't share you know, with people, you know, the the fact that you know you, you, you your your big success came with you know Universal Spy Games directed by Tony Scott. Um, you, you executive produced TV series The Agency. Uh, you worked with Barry Levinson and and Sydney Pollack, and you've done scores of TV shows and scores of pilots, and 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 spec scripts and episodes. Um, you know you. You've done so much and you're doing so much right now and it's now pilot season again. <laughs> yeah, it so comes, it comes well, around real quick. Right. So I mean you're 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 busy and then you're busier.
0: Yeah, that's it, isn't that the truth? The uh, and and that partially last week was uh I'm sorry we missed our time, but uh you know, certainly this is this is uh, filled my time and, and made my calendar uh, very tight. Um, what it's kind of interesting because you know we've heard in the last couple of years, um, networks saying we're not we're dropping pilot season. There's going to be no more pilot season. This, that, and the other. And um, what it means really is that they're willing to hear pictures throughout the year. Um, it doesn't mean that pilot season stops. Believe me, if pilot season is going to go on and goes on. All those places et cetera, they're now in their crush of pilot season. It's when People are ready with the shows. It's just because the calendar works out that way um, for getting network shows on the air, and that's where the most of the um, of the pitching this, this time of year is happening. Um, it is it is true the cable. The cable networks will you know for a long time you know would buy it. Any will buy at any point, and and they kind of started that out. Now the networks will also buy and develop, but it's uh, the calendar will always be the calendar, and I think it's it's kind of um, strange to hear people say, "No, we're not doing a pilot season" because it's it, – just how the calendar works with when you make pilots and when you put them on the air, and until they change that, and and I don't think they will because I don't think the advertisers want a random uh, schedule. It'll always stay pilot season, and so what that means is you have a, a, a lot of riders competing for very few slots. Uh, you know, we've talked about not you and I, but it's been talked about a lot how reality took, in TV is taking such a huge bite out of pilot, um, not a dramatic pilots. So I they haven't, I've worked on a sitcom, but I, I've never sold a pilot or pitched one or anything else. Um, so I wouldn't know that works. I imagine it's just exactly the same as this uh, in, in doing the drama. But what that extended pilot season actually means is that they won't be spending as much money during the traditional pilot season. They'll always keep some reserve of that development money uh, in their back pocket. So it means that they're not buying any – it's not like they're buying more. They're buying the same number of things spending the same amount of money but they're not spending all that money during the traditional pilot season so the competition uh in the last few years has gotten quite uh quite a lot fiercer uh with the with the networks and the timing of the they have now gotten it i mean it's it's really a revolving door in the past it had it had been a series. you know typically one or two meetings and and kind of slow and gentle and and uh uh and now it's really just uh it's i don't know like you speed dating or whatever you you, <laughs> you hear about yeah. um and uh uh it's quite difficult so you have to uh, uh also you have the uh a lot more of the independent production companies um that need the networks and they want content and they want to have their content on the so you so pilot season starts for someone like me uh. You know, really, after after pilots are finished, right after the upfronts uh, in May, and then I will be I will have had to have worked up my stories, and usually it should be I, I try to work up three or four strong ideas, um, and then hear what uh, then hopefully they match with what the, the networks are putting out um, of what they want for the pilots and and what they're looking for. Uh, this year was remarkable in that it, the, the consensus is no procedurals. We don't want anything set in the fire department, the police department, a hospital, no more procedurals. We want things with it uh, uh, more serialized I think in, in uh, uh, and I think that's, a, that's you know, moving towards a, a cable model. Uh, they're not worried about that as much as they were. Uh, and there was one other thing, I don't remember exactly what it was, but uh, it was a little bit surprising because the year before it was i if I remember correctly it was the exact opposite so every year they 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 throw a curveball and they they're trying to predict they look at their schedule uh and what pilots worked what pilots didn't um and uh and they'll look at all the networks and then they try and find their brand version of that thing and so they're still ch- chasing yesterday's good ideas and they, they don't really you know, I have yet to see them say, you know what, we're going to try something different and, and actually do what, what we do as <laughs> writers and, and creators and producers, is here's here's so, some ideas. They they really want to box the ideas up themselves and not let um, those of us with good ideas, you know, use those good ideas. So you have to create your stories. You have to kind of find out, okay, what what are they asking for? I typically already have a, a handful of, of, of stories I'm putting together uh, and characters, Then I'll just sort of mold into pick the two or three that that fit that or can be used to fit the new paradigm of this year's, you know, what the network thinks they want, has said they want. Uh, And I'll go from there. And then what will happen is uh, June, uh, it'll be you take producer meetings um, and you're going to... Uh, all the producers that have shows on the air, they want another show on the air, and so you'll be meeting with all of them uh, and and trying to find that. Some will have, you know, the ideas that they've, uh, because they're producing the current, uh, producing current television, they'll be in there with the uh, networks and selling uh, sort of ideas or talking about the books they want to do or the ideas they want for next season and uh, seeing what the networks respond to in that, then they come come at you with, uh, uh, well, here's what we're thinking of. And so, uh, typically in June, it'll be a series of meetings where you where you're meeting people that, it's most people that I've worked with before, or have pitched with before, and I, and I tend to know them and hear their ideas, pitch a couple of years, and you know pretty much off the bat is the is the fit going to work. Uh, I've never been in a situation where uh, if the personnel if I like, don't get the personality or there not the the real spark that mesh that you need to have uh, with your creative partner typically I let those go away. Um or we mutually decide, you know, but certainly um I have been let go away as well. My idea has been risk you know, falling flat as, as a pancake. Uh that said though, you'll you'll hook up with the producer. Typically what it'll whittle down to is one good show idea, uh and you end up with uh trotting that out to uh every network. I there's been a time uh and maybe I worked uh was was more aggressive but I do remember one season I was pitching two shows. That was a few years ago. Um, I've, I don't. I guess I set one up as cable and one up with the network. But typically, you, you're reduced down to. I find myself reduced to one good pitch and one good idea that you've worked together with the producers to get it into into pitchable shape. Now uh, that has gotten a little bit different from the past. I would say uh, in the last 10 years. Uh, and I've sold probably 25 original pilots. Uh, let's say for the first two-thirds of that, um, it would be perhaps a bit of an outline that I'd write just for myself, and it would just be pitching it um, and then going in with the producers and setting it up. Now producers, uh, and I guess at the competitive level, at the, at the competitiveness at their level, uh, now what it is is producers demand work. And uh, uh, typically that's, that's okay because usually I've written out some kind of outline as, uh, already for the pitch. Um, I'm finding now that they want more polished work, and I imagine the studio has been asking for that. Um, it's, again, you know, the, the two things, our, our guild is always, writers' guild is always touting how, how great they are, but the two things they've never handled properly is free work. Uh, we're the only industry where we work for free. No actor is called to the set, and could you just give us one more day? and does it for free no director does it an extra day of shooting or an extra shot without getting paid but writers are typically year in and year out uh it gets worse and worse the amount of free material people are asking for and writers allow themselves to be interchangeable as well um and that's dreadful and it's and it's a terrible thing i've made it a, my personal mission i'm sure i've off a lot of people but i'll always send a bill um, and I think if more writers would do that, um, more writers A, would be getting paid, and B, they would stop the practice, which actually whittles away at creativity and makes everything a little more cookie-cutter, um, or, or original uh, vision. Maybe not creativity, but, but original vision. So that's done. You've gone through that. Probably had to write up anything anywhere from 5 to 10 pages for the producers, um, You know, they are always shocked when they get a bill, but uh, don't ask me to write. That's what I do for a living. Um, Don't ask for it for free. Please ask me to write. Uh, uh,
1: Typically, you sometimes, what's that? I said, that's excellent. You know, ask me to write, but not for free. That's what I do for a living. I like that.
0: Yeah, and, and that's and that's it. And, and really, there's not much they can say. Uh, many uh, a number of times, not many times, but a number of times, it showers a relationship immediately. Some of these people really think feel they're entitled. I don't know why. Um, uh, and, you know, you send up you, you can quote from the, the MBA and just say, well, it says it right here. Where you know you did this. This is the, you pay me the, the minimum. I don't really care. I just need to be paid. Um, and they're shocked that there's a minimum. Of, well, I didn't know you didn't write for free. It's like, what? I don't even understand that. But uh, anyhow, that's done. You've settled on some pages. Um, there are some producers that like to leave stuff behind. I typically just refuse to because um, you, you, your shot is in the room, and they know once you get into the room. Then you schedule your pitches, and you go around. Now, just let's, looking at last year uh, and uh, – um, and how it's changed, and even just the change from last year to this year, or, or what we're looking at, is a, uh, ABC, I guess it was ABC, ABC took 217 different pitches, that's what they heard, for a TV series and drama. Uh, wow. Apparently this year, that year, last year, they bought maybe 15, I'm trying to get the numbers right, but it's something like this, um, 10 no they bought 20 10 went into production one made it to air uh that so that is a uh, just to show you how competitive it is right now um so you have 200 and you know over 250 pitches or something like that and one gets on the air that's uh, uh showing that it's see that's what I think is that you know they're spending less money they're buying less less scripts I think when I told the agency Wilkang Peterson I partnered up with him uh we went into CBS, and that year they bought uh, and, com- and commissioned the pilot of 80 sc- to 80 scraps. So that was one of 80 at the time. But, you know, tw- 25 or something, that's, that's really good. It's, a, it's like, you're, you're, you know, trying to uh, find the moon through a keyhole. You know, how do you do that? Um, and uh, so it gets competitive, so you got to go in there. You also have a lot less time. And before, uh, in years past, I 'd come to my pitch with whomever i 'm pitching with, and basically there'd be maybe someone coming out um as we're going in or as we wait there we see them come out and then we go in uh, when we come out, maybe there's someone waiting last year, every network I' pitched at the writers and the people pitching were stacked three groups. It was at least three groups waiting in the lobby um and it's like going to a a doctor's office it's just it's absolutely awful, um, but so they're here they're listening to more pitches, buying fewer. Uh, so you have to keep you have to be right on with with what you're what you're pitching. Your story has to have its uniqueness. Um, usually, uh, I, I believe, and my success has been my characters were unique. Um, the circumstances you try and come up with something clever, um, but really, if you have a unique character in normal circumstances, it can become a unique show. Look at something like House, Norm, normal hospital show, but he was quite a unique character, and that's what sells that. Uh, so you do that. You have about 15 minutes. Uh, the, you know, let's go back a little bit. I'm sorry. Let's go back a little bit to the producers because if you're, if you're working and, and this would mean you'd have the, the, you're an agency behind you helping you, um, uh, that's the what I'm going for. I suppose if you're, you're just starting out you have some pitch ideas if you know some producers that, that's who you need to go to if you're just starting out and you don't have an agent and stuff you try and meet producers you try and get in with your idea but I interview producers too because I'll come with a show and I'll go through a number of producers and all of them are successful uh, it, you know, at it, it, it many different levels, from you know the, the person that's had one show and a good hit in the season before, to pitching to J.J. Abrams at Bad Robot. Um, but you have to sit down with them, and you have to, even if they like the idea, you have to know you have a good fit. Um, I had one situation, my situation last year, um, the producer I like very much personally, uh, came along quite well. Uh, his uh, Attitude in the room of the executive was so not mine; I, it, it made for an uncomfortable pitch. Uh, he had a partner that actually only showed up for the pitch twice, presenting that he knew me. I'd never met the man before, but like he was having to pretend because you know he skipped the development process of the pitch. And I think that one went a little bit poorly. He, uh, uh, of course, I was competing, at, you know, in, a, in, a, in a deep competition, but you have to interview these. These producers, it's not just you convincing them to like your show. I've I've had it, and, and where I've had a producer, you know, say, "Great, I'm doing this. I want to take it in and everything," and then having to go back to my agent but "Later, I don't really feel comfortable doing this show with them." Um, they got thick skins for the most part, and that's okay, and it's it's, it's fine in a great match. Um, coming out of that, you have to be able to. Uh, what I try to do is be able to maintain that relationship. Usually, they're disappointed. Um, you know, to try and find something for the next season, especially when the one that they like, you end up selling with someone else. But that's the way it goes. You have to protect yourself first, and you have to know when you get into the room with the network executives, you can't be sitting there looking at your partner, going, "Who are these people? What the heck are they talking about?" <laughs> um, and that's happened. You know, the, the, I don't do well with Hollywood type people and schmoozy people. Um, it just, it just, it just seems so phony to me. I just sit there and gape. I have nothing to say. I. I you know, pretending to know people and, and, and name-dropping and stuff is um, of the people you know and trying to find that thing in common with, you know, the, the, oh, did you see that or did you read this one and all that. So I tend to stay away from those kind of people. I like down-to-earth people who who really are just there to do, to do the work and, and uh, to create something artistic and, and, and enjoyable. But... Other people do really well with that smoothie kind of stuff, and then that's the producer you want to go to. You want to go to someone that, that plays to that. Um, and a lot of the executives are that way, and they like it. It's, uh, and, you know, that one you can't, you can't just can't predict. Um, it uh, Anyway, so you go in. You're going to have uh, 15 minutes, and part of that is going to be eaten up with some of the small talk or – uh let's say 20 minutes you probably have about 10 or 15 to pitch um and uh then you're going to be want to ask uh leave room for for questions the best thing and that's the best thing i'm jumping to the end of the pitch but the best thing is is to leave that room once they start asking questions uh they're they're a it's locking in their memory it's becoming a memorable idea unless the questions are I, we have no idea what you're talking about then then you're in a bit in trouble uh, but if they're asking really smart questions, you've left some information out, you hold back, you engage them, you make them feel already that they're part of the creative process. Um, everyone wants to be part of that. Uh, all of that. Okay. so, uh, so you want to do that. You want to construct your pitch. Um, you know, and I, I, I tell writers this a lot, you know, and, and uh, I, I take, when I'm working on a show, I work a lot with a lot of writers in writer's rooms and, and hiring writers a lot and, and recommending writers. Um, and you want, there really is a format. Um, this format, I was very fortunate. You know, Carol Mendelson who I worked with, um, we did a show for Showtime, a uh, real fascinating show. It was on uh, Sidney Korshak, who was the mob's fixer, fixer in Los Angeles and the 40s and 50s, up through the 70s. Uh, her father actually was his frontman attorney, who was sort of the honest attorney for Sidney korshak who was a mob attorney, and uh, so she had this this great story. And there's some great you know nonfiction books on, on Sidney korshak He's an amazing guy, um, bad guy, but an amazing guy. Uh, she. If, that story was bought, but they wanted to tell it from the point of view of her father. who he Was you know, twenty-two, right out of out of law school in Chicago, and and uh, she picked me to write it. Uh, but she was she was very good at, at that uh, at that pitching process, um, and I could see the style there. She was very good friends with. She started out with Stephen Cannell, uh, and uh, you know she was right. I don't remember what she maybe maybe it was Butter she Shows Rockford A team. I don't know whatever. She was working on those, but she was just starting out. Uh, and she, I think it was probably six months before Stephen died. Uh, she said, "Michael, I want to. Uh, want You need to meet Stephen. Uh, you know, he's, he's terminally ill. And but uh, I want you to meet him. And I, and I want him to go through. And she she invited some some of her other writers from uh, CSI. Uh, and I've been working there on and off for a while, and so she included me. Uh, and we went and had lunch with 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 Steve, and and uh, you know it was it was gratifying to hear his he was telling them, and this was mostly writers from her writers room who were who are uh, starting out. They haven't created their own shows yet, and they're cutting their teeth and uh, in that in that that process. And I think that's really the way to go. I don't know. I think just because I came from features, I I jumped in at the top, um, but typically you start you work as a writer you work start up from story editor or whatever wherever you're place producer or associate producer, and you move your way up and then you're going to be out pitching shows of your own um his his format uh quite a quite a charming man and quite a character, but it was pretty much the same format and it and it boils down to this uh, so i'm just saying what 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 I'm saying in the way I'll say it, it is a little more plain spoken uh he the way he said that he he uh uh, is much more flamboyant. Carol is, is is slightly soft-spoken as well and, and quite charming. But it's, it boils down to this: you start with your log line and your premise. The uh, what did we do? Well, I just I set up a show uh, with Wolfgang Peterson just a, a few months ago. This is a European international espionage thing, kind of stuff we've done before. Um, so it'll be this: it's a it's a spy thriller set in Vienna. Uh, centers on the American chief of station who's has been ha- having some marital problems. He's moved to Austria uh, to take that job uh, to put his marriage back together because nothing happens in Austria. Uh, and, and on one end of the spectrum, the other end of the spectrum is a uh, Austrian police homicide detective, the first you know young female on the force uh, in Vienna,
1: and it's where their
0: paths inter- intersect. And then so you, you do that. You basically say it's a what? It's a thriller. It's these two characters. It's going to be. Spy, a spy story always connected to a murder mystery. Um, so, and then you go into that a little bit. And so then, then the next thing I do, I don't worry about telling too much plot. I'll go into characters, and I'll spend probably two minutes on my lead or two main leads. Sometimes it's just one. Sometimes it's an ensemble. If it's an ensemble, you got to save some of them. They're not everyone's as important. They're only going to cast one or two big stars. you got to focus on, on, on that sort of thing. As you lay that out, typically I'm laying out their past, their backstory, what brought them to this idea and why the conflict between them you know, works so well or the, the, the pairing of these two characters or, or why this character is paired with this like house, why he's ready for a hospital show. Um, with, the, with the Wolfgang Peterson one, for example, it would be um, going into the guy's past, what's happened, what, what what his personal foibles are and that sort of thing. But it boils down to uh, and then how she became a detective, it boils down to here you have someone whose job is about concealing the truth and, and telling lies and stealing secrets up against someone whose job is about trying to figure out the truth, trying to pull it into the light, trying to, to uh, uh, have finality and closure. That's about, you know, you want to close your sources, you want to keep your sources open um, or active. Uh, a murder mystery is about shutting down the case, getting every justice, see justice for me. So it's about, so you create the dynamic. That's why this is going to be interesting. Why it'll be different from another's kind of spy show. Uh, you go into the characters and you give them a few minutes each. Then I'll do the plot of the pilot. I will not go after what well, teaser, act one, act two, act three, act four, and and now people are preferring five acts. I'll just kind of give broad strokes, probably beginning, middle, and end. Uh, the teaser, I usually pitch the teaser. I, I pitch the teaser fairly fairly uh, specifically, briefly but specific. It's the brief anyway. Then I'll do, do plot summary, just kind of give the plot, what and, and, and take it not from the events necessarily, but again, how the characters are behaving, how events affect the characters. You want the, the uh, executive to come away from this feeling like they know these people and they can see them. Um, their job is is, is going to be to put it on the air and they see themselves as, you know, great casting people and uh, we really want to work with so-and-so aggregate. Anything they can see so they can see it. Uh, then I'll do that. Then I'll go into some of the other characters. And what I'll do with that is through that be able to unfold how the series is going to work. Well, there's also this character and this character is in, in, the, uh, in the Austrian one, but the... Uh, Wolfgang Peterson, There's a character, a Chinese uh, uh, spy, who's, in, who's working at the Chinese station uh, in Vienna. And this this show is all about how the different, every different, you know, major na- nation has their espionage uh, station in, in you know, in a foreign city. How they all work over you know, the, the course of one major uh, espionage event. Well, so you talk about this Chinese guy and what's he like? and He's, he's a terrific character. What his story is though is it turns out he's he's uh, Gay, and he is you know from the society because he is there in Vienna to actually affect and get out of there. Um, in his society in China, it's a terribly closed, terrible society. You know, and if you're gay, and you're just a farmer, you're just a gay farmer, and you're probably going to be harassed and maybe not get some of the social things you you know things that, that uh, Chinese are entitled to. Uh, if you're working a, a market or a bank or something like that, you probably go to jail. If you work for uh, the intelligence service, you get executed. So you, can, you develop that. Okay, so that's an interesting character and, and how, how he's trying to live and what it is. But it also shows where this, the series can go off into. So I'll do that with – I'll take three or four other characters that I might have. Um, when you tell a little bit more about them, how they interact with, with your main characters and your stars, you start to – you begin to see what the whole series is. I'll wrap up with then maybe a minute on the series itself. How, how a season's going to go um you know and that depends on what they want this year if they want uh closed-ended procedural uh shows i i make it sound like it's that. if they want uh, a serialized show I, I i go towards that i do leave open with anything i think any show you come up with can work either way it's just you know if you want to do it or not i think sometimes no this could only work as a serialized show people sometimes stamp their feet and and writers I've talked to, I said, oh no, you just do it like this, and then it's not. It may have some serialized elements. Everything does because you're coming back to your characters every week. Uh, but no, you can make this closed ended, and here's how an episode is. And I think you have to keep that in mind so that you don't fall to pieces every year when they change the uh, playbook. Um, that that could be. I I used to, and I realize you know what? I'm being a little precious about my work. You can do either way with this. It's just going to be just fine. Also, you, you need to know that if you get on the air. Uh, and you're successful, you can start making it go whatever way you want. You can't change it completely, obviously, but you can certainly bring in much much more and more serialization uh, than you would not in, in the beginning, if that's what you wanted. Or if you, you're seeing that the episodes work better, close-ended, then make it a much stronger A story uh, and, and have resolution. in It's not hard to do. Uh, so that's kind of the process there. That's what I've all been saying in my, my last uh, – I have another one this afternoon. Uh, but, again, it's moving a lot faster than it is. So you don't have a lot of time. You also, so you go through that pitch, but you're going to want to have what you're going to want to do, and what's going to happen is the producers are going to uh, talk about it a little bit. They're going to have been listening as well, and this is why you need them and why they're good al- allies. Um, and sometimes, you know, that you end up, if, if you end up creating a show and, and, and you have some experience, you'll end up, you know, running that show over them. They may have a, a great credit, but it will be your show, so... Um, again, it's nothing to feel precious about, but at this point, even if that's the case, and I've gone in with producers that uh, with less experience than I have, so I know that the show ends up being mine if, if it goes. Uh, however, I, at this point, it's, the, it's typically their contact, their, thing, their meeting, I'm their writer. Uh, you've got to let leave the eagle at the door, and the good thing you get from that is they've listened, and they'll hear where you were weak. And, or there's something they like that you left out, but they, they may know the reason they like it is because they had a separate conversation about hey we're looking for this kind of character this year, um, and you let them talk for a little bit. You let them sell you. In the beginning, they'll just introduce you. Um, that's typically what they do. And here's why we're working together. And here's what I like of Michael's work in the past or whatnot. But after this pitch point, you let you sit back. You you let them. Uh, Start they sell what they feel are the strengths there, correct any mistakes you made. You, some, you know, I, I tend to make mistakes all the time. Um, so there's going to be a few of those. Then, 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 the, then, the, then if the executives are engaged, they will ask a few questions. If they, uh, and, and they should ask specific questions. If they ask two broad questions, they're only doing it to be polite and you didn't know. I feel, and, it's, and I've sold a lot of pilots, uh, it's usually decided in the room, and most times it's decided before you get into the room. What they, if they're going to want it or not. Uh, now, since they're buying fewer, they, they take a little more time on their decision. Uh, but you'll know if it, if it happened or not in the room. Typically, they'll say, we'll, we'll get in touch with you. We really want this. That's what they say. They need to make the decision that best. If they don't say we want this, they don't want it. Uh, no one's being shy or polite. No one's going to say they want something they don't want either.
1: No one's going to go, oh, yeah,
0: we really want this, and then tell your agent, no, we, they, we didn't really want it. We didn't know what to say. So you'll, you'll have a pretty good feedback and know where you are uh, at the end of the day. At the end of the meeting, the what'll happen is you still got to go out and make your other pitches. Um, may, people may say we want it, but we've heard three of these. We're going to wait to see what, you know how it winds down uh, and then see which one we do. That happened a few years ago with a show at CBS, and it was. In, or you're going to go in there. That's what happened. If you go in there, you go, we would have bought this yesterday. We had the same arena yesterday, and we bought that one. So it, it's pretty fast. You know what's going to happen. You take your legs. You, you, there's always some place else to, to set it up. If you get your meetings fast enough and you don't sell, I typically, you know, quickly reengage and try and get the second one out there that I had in my back pocket and find a producer for that. Um, and uh, sometimes that works but pretty hard because it's hard to get your meetings. These meetings are, are very difficult to get into. Uh that's where an agent or a producer with the connection comes in handy. Um, that's that's kind of the, the what that's my data is right now. <laughs> well, that
1: is an active active. I'm, I'm not laughing because it's funny. It's, I, I'm laughing because it's a, it's a a filled full mouthful and time. Um, we, that's that's uh, uh, very fascinating, and I know that you and I have discussed, and we promise that we'll come back and talk more about pitching and, and what people can do when they're
0: pitching, you know, how to, how to organize or create. pitch. Yeah, I was just saying how, how I organize the content. Certainly there's, there's other styles of pitching. There's some people that you go into the, the – now it seems like they're doing it more in uh, the conference room. At the networks. before it used to be in the executive's office, and usually you're with a senior VP, and they have a very nice office that picks everyone. Now they're doing the uh, the boardrooms. Typically, these boardrooms have big windows. Uh, typically, when you go into the pitch, that you tend to sit on the side. You're allowed to you're entered in first. The executives always make their appearance. Um, you... Human nature is to sit with your back to the window so that the executives come in so you'll stand up and face them when they come in the door. I tend not to do that. I know a lot of writers agree with me. The last thing you want is a giant panorama of Beverly Hills or uh, the valley on a sunny day to distract them. You also don't want to go in there and start closing people's windows. So I tend to sit, pick my seat so that I'm facing the outside, so I can be looking right at them and they have nowhere else to look. that's, that's one thing I do. Steven, uh, Stephen he was saying, he'd sit on the arm of a chair. He wouldn't pitch sitting down. He said I, he always did something strange with his, with his body language to keep them off balance. His, his style of pitching was keep them, surprise them and then keep them off balance. It sounded sort of like a boxer. Um, I don't know about that anymore. worked certainly for him, and he was much more successful than I did. So he would say he'd sit on the arm of the chair or halfway through, he'd stand up. And he said, he goes, it it, uh, it looked very natural to people, made people uh, remember me uh, quite well. He goes, it was not natural. It didn't feel comfortable. But he had something of the showman in him for that. Some people like to do that. Um, I try not to. I talk with my hands normally. I try to talk with my hands less. Um, I never go off paper. Uh, I'll bring it in. I like to bring in something. This is one of my things. I'll bring in an outline or, or the thing I have. I probably haven't opened it for a week, and I'll just put it out there in front so they see that there's a that work has been done on this already. Especially if they, you know, the producer asked for me to write something down, uh, and then uh, if they're interested but not sure, they'll ask, "Well, can we have that?" And of course, say, "You know what? This is. Let me get you, get you a clean copy through email so you don't lose it. Uh, whether you send it or not, or your agent, or you and your producer, decide you want to do that or not." It's intrigued them, and they want more. That's always a good thing. It's a good litmus test if you're not getting the, the buy in the room to see if they are that much interested. If you walk out of there with that piece of paper, they haven't said, uh, if they said, what a great pitch, nice job, uh, we'll be back in touch with you, and they don't ask for it, you, you, you didn't get a sale. Um, so that that's that's a little bit of how, how you do it in the style. Um, I speak quickly. I try to really tone down the speed of which, with which I pitch um i actually put a note in my car when i'm going there speak slowly um i go into the pitches because i'll tend to uh speak a little too fast and 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 that's one people the slower you pitch the more interested they're going to become um you want to be clear you don't want to give out too much information uh in pitching with arenas i try not to go too much into technical detail again i write spy stuff and it's all very complicated No one really wants to to know all of that. Um, That does remind me, though, also my introduction before I start the teaser. I'll give a blurb of why I'm so passionate about this project, why I'm uniquely qualified to write it, whatever it is. Um, Espionage ones are easy. I've been doing them for a long time. My family comes from that world. But other things, you have to find the personal link, the thing that makes you passionate. They will buy... Someone who's passionate about what they're writing, even if they're not as much as interested in it, if the passion comes through and it comes through honestly and you seem honest, it gives them another reason to buy it. People want to buy it from passionate people. And so the passion is, is a key to it as well. Well, and but passion
1: is a, a conviction that what you're doing is – Right, it's not just being amped up and and you know no, overly oh, right. frenetic and I mean but I mean some people think passion is like they have to stand like a cheerleader, you know and hoot and holler and and uh, and be all gung ho when in fact you can be calmly passionate and and absolutely convinced you know and convincing in your conviction, um, without right. being like stepped out of a like you have stepped out of a greeting card or something.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so you don't want that. I, I, I imagine the uh, it is it's it's your conviction, your belief in what you're pitching, and yeah. uh, I think over more than that, uh, you know, it, it's it, the more than that is the um, your actual why you identify with it, why why you're so passionate about it. Um, so you pitch passionately. This is, you know, and you because so, that shows that you believe in what you're writing. Um, they want to know why, and so you can come back to that and, and say that you know why I respond to this so well and why I think other people will. Um, certainly in my life, this you know you know what whatever it is, but you want to communicate that as well. They they hear so many. I am sure so many pitches that are passed on. Good arena, interesting characters. Why should I care? they just were trying to sell a series. It's got to seem like it's this is the best darn thing ever and this is why, and that you... Um, they bring you in there because they respect you as a writer and, they, or, and they're willing to, you know, that, that's at the high end, I suppose. It's, if they don't know you, uh, they've read your work and they respect you enough and they've had taken the time uh, to have this meeting, and uh, these meetings are deadly. I mean, it's just a day day in, day out of, of hearing pitches. Um, so you have to show that you... you that your story means something. You're not just doing it to get a job. I'm sure. Yeah, it, I'm <laughs> well,
1: again, yeah, I think it comes back to, you know, that the notion that, you know, you have a, a firm belief, as you said, in what you're doing. You're convinced, you're, you have a conviction, you're, you know, you're congruent because you believe in the project. It's, it's uh, There's a confidence that comes from that, that you exude, you know, when you're sure that what you have, is, is a great idea and, and something worth others, um, people People all want to attack
0: themselves and jump on board a great idea. That's right. That's what you were saying.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, that's very true. Yeah.
1: So, Uh, so when you, when you, but when you, when you can congruently present that, I mean, a lot of people, I think, you know, first pitches, people are concerned that they don't blow it and you can't be concerned that you don't blow it. you got to be concerned that you hit the right things. I mean, you know obviously you 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 practice your polish or you or or you get to that place where you can put the concern of blowing it aside so that you don't sit there nervously or timidly or you know that yeah you can't go in
0: the room even with the idea that you might blow it even if you're gonna blow it you can't have that anywhere near your mind then blow it blow it brilliantly and and dramatically um uh, the uh because you know it's funny the. uh do I listen? I uh, know. I said I no. love that. If you're gonna, if you're going oh, blow, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, blow it, blow Blow it up like an atom bomb. The uh, right. I had a thing in the last few years. Some producers get very, and I think it's more about them, even though they don't have to do any pitching. Um, they they're, they they want to rehearse, and I'll go to them and we. God, this this thing I'm doing right now. That feeling we we it once on the phone and uh, once in person. And it's like, are you serious? I'm not an act we're not rehearsing this, and uh uh for i I don't know, but there's a lot of let's rehearse the pitch that goes on these days that i just it never happen. I just kind of tolerate it um but typically what I do in the room is nothing like I rehearse with them um but there was one that was so so anal about it uh he was uh we have the uh, remake of uh the conversation, and we're making it into a uh, series, and uh he was so. So anal about the rehearsing and wanting to know exactly what I was going to say um, that when we got to our third pitch, he said, "You know what I want you to do? I want you to just read it to them." And I, I, I just, I, "Are you serious?" He goes, "I want them to get every word of it. The document is so, and we worked on this stupid document for so long. That is probably one of the worst pitches ever. Um, it was, uh, it was worse than, than than going to church and having the having the priest." Or the pastor, you know, read their sermon rather than make it. It's like, Well really do are we really listening to this guy read this, this his book report? Um, so but, but people do that, they like some people get hung up on the rehearsing and hung up on, on the thing. I have to I have to feel the room. I have to feel I, I'm the other way that's why I'm not an actor. I can't present something to someone that already knows it and pretend that it's new. I I just don't know how to do that. Um, It's like, why do I need to rehearse with you? You know the story. I can't get any passion into that. It's fun to go into the room where they don't know it at all and to know that, okay, so let's get to the the psychology of of how you're not going to blow it. Um, Just know that you're going to have three things. Just keep three things that you know are great. And if you just say one, two, three in your head and just know you have three, even if you're failing, you just stop and you go to one of those. And you know if you can hit them three times, um, you're not going to fail. You're, you're not going to have bombed. Um, and so you just keep those and know, hey, I know this is cool. I know this works. But everyone I tell, even my mom, like that, um, you do that for two or three things. So even if you get completely lost or even worse, you see their eyes wandering, uh, uh-huh. God, never take the 2.30 or 3 p.m. pick. Either the, the people that fall asleep after lunch is, is just is, – it's dreadful, and it just sucks all the energy out of the room. But that head nod—if you see that—then you, you do a Stephen and you stand up, you do something to get their attention. If they sleep through your pitch, they will not buy it. Um, but man, distraction so, so or, or, or yeah.
1: No, you're you're on a roll, and I don't want you to out your thought. I just I wanted okay. to say. There are a couple of important points you made. One was, you know, don't pitch after lunch where, where people tend to fall asleep. If they do tend to fall asleep, you know, stand up, get their attention, keep them awake so that they, they – I mean, that's a brilliant thing to say. If they sleep too – they can sleep with clap their eyes open too, so – huh?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, clap your hands. Change the tone of your yep. voice. Get to something exciting. You have to do it. You don't want to now lose the other- it on, on their digestion.
1: Right, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. No, those, these are great, great tips and suggestions. The other thing, though, I want to come back to is you said, you know, have three things, and if you get lost, you know, go back through the three things or hit one of those. And then you said, well, if you do it three times, and I want you to kind of explain uh, more uh, in depth or repeat what you said so that people are sure that that we're on the same page and understanding, you know, what what you're proposing sure.
0: there. Sure. Well, sure, the uh, – uh, you're going to have three things. When you pitch the story, when, when, when someone got interested, the first time you were telling your friend about it in the car, there has to be that first thing that you, that you sparked to. That you said, hey, what do you think of this? I'm thinking of developing a show about this. Um, and the, the, this is the ones you, you go forward to. Sometimes they go, no, that's a stupid idea. Don't, don't waste your time. And you go, okay. But the thing they go, yeah, that's kind of cool. So, you know, you got that one. Then, you know, it's, it's when you went in with the producers, and, and this is off the pitch, off what they want you to do, because it is your pitch. Um, so you're pitching your pitch. You don't have to do, you know, you don't have to do like that guy, and I just didn't want to work with him anymore. So, yeah, fine, I'll read this, whatever. Um, it's your pitch. You don't have to do it their way. It's not their pitch. They didn't, you know, they didn't spend all that much time on it. Uh, so you find that. You find that one thing that sparked the first person you told. You always hold on to that. Because that's the one you probably used when you went in and, and got a picture, uh, producer interested. Then there's that, that one element that uh, uh, that happens that's a character element. That's it's kind of cool about a twist of the character, why the character intersecting with this plot or this setting um, is uh, uh, it makes it so it makes it so much fun. You may have already hit that in the pitch, but then hit it again. Turn around and go. This is this is about that. I was pitching something the other day and it, at ABC, which is uh, you know it's a little bit soapy. Uh, you know I realized you know I got to go back and, and and hit that they have a lot of sex because uh, they like that kind of shows there. You know so they let, they like the uh, affairs and sex and all that and soap opera stuff. So I went back and, and hit that. It went pretty well. I'd already kind of mentioned it, but I realized no, this is going a little bit too too much into you know, uh, uh, into <laughs> into detail about uh, the setting, and they don't care about that. So i got to give them something cool. So it's, it's the first thing you have, it's something cool about the character um, or something cool about where the series can go. And and, and it's just, you you know what they are. The, you, if you've developed it, they're part of your pitch, just jump to them and then get back to where you were once you have their attention. Or if you've already done, if you've already used, used them all, then just wrap up real quickly. Uh, but if you haven't, or if you've used one and you want to hit it again, hit it again. Um, something that they like. A lot of times you'll see them uh, spark to something. Now, let's go into that because um, you may be pitching great. If you see them get their attention is grabbed by something you say, even if you don't have anything more to say on it, you better come up with something. Hit that or just repeat it. Uh, go through it again. Go through why. Because it's something that, that you can see. You always can tell them when people have a little delight in their eyes. It's a uh, specific executive that's very – The senior VP is very polished and will sit there and and notice everyone and pretend like they've known you forever and they're your best friend. Um, They're pretty good play actors and they're acting, but you can see what lights their eye. Or there's the guy that's taking notes who's, uh, you know, hoping one day to be that senior VP, but all they're doing right here in this room is taking notes. When you notice, tend to watch them a little bit, because they'll when they're taking notes, if you see them smile at something you've said and write it down a little faster or you see them look up, then you know. Not only have you interested them, they work for their boss, and they're thinking in their mind: "This is going to. I know my boss likes this. We like that here. That's party line." So, if you get any of those signals, you play off them. Uh, you want to 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 pitch to what they want.
1: Oh, that, that is excellent. Absolutely excellent. Um, let me just check the time here for a second and make sure that we're. Mm-hmm on Target. I need to take a break, Michael. <laughs> we are rocking and rolling. This is, this is fabulous information, and uh, if anyone has questions in the chat room, I encourage them to ask it uh, right away. And uh, I'm going to take a short break and let everyone know uh, what they can do, and, and we'll come right back. Thanks. This is awesome. Right. You're listening to Rick Sykes Movie Beat. My guest is Michael Frost Beckner, producer, screenwriter. We're talking about pitching. His website is uh, two uh, Appomattox. That's T O A P P O M A T T O X dot com. It's a new miniseries he's got coming up that he's producing and written, and uh, and you're going to want to go visit there. You can find uh, Michael also on Facebook is Michael Beckner, and there's a Two Appomattox uh, friends or fan page also on Facebook that you're going to want to check out. He can be followed at M F Beckner on uh, Twitter, as well as two Appomattox on Twitter, so be sure to check into those. If you're enjoying this program live or archived, if you're in the chat room or not at this moment, please leave comments at the Blog Talk radio player. It's right below the player or below the chat window. Sometimes it's not visible while you're listening. Other times it is. Whenever I go there while I'm listening, I see the chat room. So please do leave a comment, and please share these discussions with your friends and colleagues near and far Anywhere and everywhere you can, both in person, uh, on the phone, email, or snail mail. But uh, please help us get the word out. They are Also, these shows are archived at com. The official URL is com my name. And they're also available for free at uh, iTunes as podcasts. You can download them, take them wherever you go, driving. You can listen to them in your car, as well as at the Blog Talk radio site. So, uh uh, keep those in mind. My next guest coming up is going to be Mr. John Tragonis. He's going to be John T. Tregonis is an author on crowdfunding, and you're going to want to check into that uh, because he's authored a book on crowdfunding and he's helped uh, many people with their campaigns. So we're going to t- discuss uh, how you can raise money on the internet through Indiegogo and Kickstarter, Seed and Spark, and Fund America, the different kinds of platforms that are out there. He'll be coming up Thursday, the 31st, same time, right here at Rex Sykes we'll Beat. After that, we have Lenore Andrielle returning on, I believe, the 7th of August. She's going to come back, and we're going to continue to talk Yellow Rock and... Uh, and uh, Uh, different aspects about what's going on with the movie that she produced post and the festival run and many more things. Um, Michael will be back for Episode 5 on the 14th of August. And then on the 21st of August is... um, I'm sorry, Daniel Valuse. Daniel Valuse has two motion picture ranches. He's a producer. He's an actor. He's a location liaison. He's a man of many hats and lots of lots of fun Hollywood stories. So you're going to want to listen to him. This will be episode three with him. And then on the 28th we have Brian Herkowitz. Brian Herkowitz has, is a, a screenwriter. He's a producer. He's an actor, voiceover. Uh, he wears a, lots of hats. He's a martial artist. He's a he's a, he's, a, he's a friend. Um, he recently produced a movie called. Uh, Bucky and the Squirrels with uh, some people that I worked with. I was first 80, one of the first ADs on that movie. And uh, Brian's going to come up and talk about screenwriting as well and about his book and his approach to, to writing. So uh, that is uh, some of the shows that are coming up now. I have to tell you something else. We've got a couple of campaigns I want you to pay attention to. One is um, uh, Michael R. Barnard is a, a friend of uh, of mine and a friend of Rex Ike's movie beat. And he has a campaign uh, that he's doing. And I'm trying to find all of this information to you. So it's, it's, I'm sorry, I have to scroll through multiple windows here. And for some reason, um, they're not showing up real fast. Um, Michael has a, a movie called Everybody Says Goodbye. Everybody Says Goodbye. And he's in the process of that Indiegogo campaign. Please go there on Indiegogo. Look up Everybody Says Goodbye and uh, decide how you can support it, whether you can give money or whether you can share it, whether you can spread the news, but, but help Michael make his movie. It's a worthy project. He spent a lot of time and effort on it. The other Indiegogo campaign is a is a, uh, a film called Full Circle. Full Circle. We're actually going to have a director, writer, and uh, I believe producer on uh, a, a show coming up probably this weekend or early in the part of the week on uh, Full Circle. And uh, they, too, have an Indiegogo campaign and are raising money for their production or or a particular leg of the production. And, again, go determine how you can help. And uh, if you can never give any money, um, at least you can share it. At least you can share it to Facebook or tweet it or or spread the word among your friends in some fashion. So uh, please check out those campaigns. Michael, I appreciate you being uh, patient while I made those announcements. It looks like it took me a a lot longer than I thought and um i want okay. to uh
0: interesting project. i'm going
1: to check them out as soon as we're done yeah well, cool and i actually I, I i should tell you this i'm actually in full circle i i'm starring as father kimchick it's my first role as a as a nice guy priest as opposed to a serial killer or <laughs> rapist or drug addict so um i'm i'm actually thrilled and uh Amen. i encourage people i well i encourage people yes it's a it's a, a nice little sag project and it's a it's uh, I I actually encourage people to contribute because then I get paid too, but um, <laughs> we will speak. But uh, uh, thanks. Yes, please check out the projects. Um, I have a question from John in the um, chat room, and he asks, "How long does uh, I, I guess it's how long do you get to submit something concrete from the moment the studio says that they're interested in developing the idea?"
0: Ah uh, uh, Okay, uh, typically uh, they'll want, it, it'll be the deal, uh, we sold a pilot, hallelujah, um, they're going to want, at that point you're going to give them quickly the outline that you may have done or something that you have, but your deal will be something like this, and, and without going into the um, producing component and the different fees you get, uh uh You know, as a producer, as creating the show, and all that other little stuff, your residual, and all that other stuff. Forget that right now. Uh And I can't talk. I, I, I can. I could find contracts and tell you, uh, but there's there's a lot. When you get a TV contract, man, there is a lot of stuff where you're dipping your hand in, and you're getting some some great things. That's why I find TV is for a, a father of five children. TV is a is a real lucrative business. Um What you get is uh you'll do a story, uh, an outline. Uh, story treatment whatever they want to call it uh, you will have your first draft you'll have uh, a rewrite uh, and then you'll have one or two polishes typically I want to say or maybe this is just typical some of my deals it'll be a polish and then an optional polish that won't be in your quote it's all gonna be uh, something like let's say they're paying you you know three hundred thousand dollars or Uh, for the whole thing. All of it will be, the writing fees will all be reduced from that. Um, But if they want more steps, typically a good agent's going to be able to say, or a manager, uh, if they're involved in the negotiation, is going to say, you know, that last step, happy to do it, but that's going to have to be non-applicable against the the guarantee. And if you want it, um, it's going to be extra money. That uh, that way it holds them back. Now, what I do is I tend to go for those and, and, and build in that extra polish because you don't want to get into the situation where they're asking for more writing and they don't have any more uh, billable writing. Uh, we write for a living. It's what we do. It's how we make money. It's how we feed our children. Uh, if they're going to come back, you, they, you're going to have to say you used up your steps. And the problem is you can probably get a little money out of them for that next step, uh, but it doesn't, it, it doesn't create goodwill. It creates uh, ill will. So you don't want to do that. Um, so you have this, the treatment. The treatment will be due. Uh, you're going to want to get that done uh, in, by two weeks. A week. You want to get that done right away. You sold your your pilot. Um, you know what? You, you know, unless you're working on another show, um, if this is it, this is all this all you need to be doing do, during do, doing during the day or in the early morning before you go to work and at night when you get home, get it done. Um, a if, if, if you get your you get your first money up front. It's usually half of whatever step you're on. Then, boom, you turn it in and you get your other check. So at that point, you can maybe quit the, the job at the market. But get that treatment done right away. You want to be first in there. You want them talking about, because what will happen is they're going to start talking about in their staff meetings uh, material coming in. You always want to be first in the door, first in your seat, in the first row in school. You want the teacher, <laughs> the studio, being in the, taking right. the metaphor a little like the teacher, you want them to see you, talk about you, be discussing it. If someone's taken three weeks to get their show turned in or their treatment turned in, you want to have been the com- topic of conversation those first three weeks while, while you didn't have competition because um, you're competing with all those other shows. Um, once you get that treatment done, and what's going to happen is the producers are going to want to see it first. They'll make changes and make suggestions. That's editing. That's fine. Uh, typically, uh, but we'll get to the creative on, on note-taking, and we can, we're going to do a couple sessions on notes, because studio notes for features and, and notes for TV are totally different. Um, you, so you get the treatment turned in. You'll have, I think it's many times it's six to eight weeks on the script. Uh, they want that last script in uh, before everyone goes, it's like a school year calendar, on, so I always call it Christmas vacation. Before the network's uh-huh. going on Christmas vacation, you have to have done all your steps to have it in. Um, even if there's one more coming in January, you've missed the boat. I, it's so hard to get some. Now I sold 25 pilots, and uh, I've gotten all the way up there. It's still hard to get them on the air. I mean, and, and being a working writer, I've I've sold over 25 original scripts, features. Um, I make a living doing this. But man, how many do they make? They don't make that much. It's not a that's a whole other topic, and how you uh, get things made, and, and 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 that takes a whole other skill set but you need to get it in and you want to be the one they like when they decide whether they make it or not man there's so many decisions that go into that that you can't take it personally at all um, unless you never sell anything else again and no one wants it that, that means you did something wrong but typically if you're always selling you're doing fine and it's just a crap shoot uh so you're going to have that six to eight weeks maybe it's it's four to six now um I want to get that script done in two weeks. I want that script in. Um, typically, I'll get my draft in within five, six days of the first draft of the script to the producers. Um, I never share pages as I go. Uh, I think that's absolutely ridiculous because you're just, it's just going to confuse you. You need to get it all out even if, even if it stinks. That's the producer's job for them to say after they've read the whole thing, well, and it's something you were having trouble with them say here's what's working or not because it may surprise you but if you think you're having trouble you turn in act one and act two um, that may not be where the trouble is the the trouble may be what you what you haven't written yet so you don't want to get notes on act one and act two before you finish the whole thing so I urge people do not turn in uh, to your producers uh, piecemeal even if you say yes sure I'm happy to do it just don't do it Um, get that script finished quickly get a first draft in now we get to the, the free rewriting. They're going to want uh, they're going to want a patch. Now that's just fine. Uh, to if it's if it's page notes, line notes, that would be like sharing it with your friend, and, and you're certainly not going to charge your friend to give you some good ideas. If they go through and want to make substantial big changes, then that's a call for your manager or agent to make, and to say no, no, wait a minute, we're going to have to go with this is what the studio. Let's have a meeting with the studio. They probably won't want to do that because. You don't want to look like you're having creative difficulties right out of the gate. Um, But there's going to be a little bit of of let's do some some rewriting for the the producer. Um, And, again, you you bill for it if it's it's creating new scenes, creating new plot, uh, stuff that was not in the treatment, then you bill for that. That's my belief. If if it's stuff that's in the treatment they're just trying to make it a little bit better or rearrange some of the scenes or cut some things down – That's great and and, uh, that's just good development. So you'll have that draft done so that you've actually written your first draft. You've written a second draft now. Um, If they're really nitpicky producers or or think they they know everything about writing, they may give you a few notes on that second one, but that would just be dialogue changes or hey, you know, let's drop this line. Um, Again, if it gets substantial, it's uh, it's inappropriate. We gotta go to the next step. Then you you turn that in. They turn it around pretty quickly. Uh, And then you'll go in for your studio notes. And that's where you're going to do your – that's your rewrite. So you're actually – you've written the script. You've made a producer's changes. You've made uh, tiny polish on on those changes. You've now done three drafts. Uh, According to the studio, you're on your second draft or your – yeah, second draft or rewrite, they call it. Um, Then you'll do that in the process with the producers shouldn't be it depends if it's drastic what the network asks for um that's when you take a breath and you say i want to get the show on the air i'm going to do this sometimes it just doesn't work i had a show at FX um that uh they changed uh they changed the president uh during the from the time i wrote the first script to the second when the new person came in and had me change everything i I get it uh i already knew then the show the show's dead not not going to happen um if you get like substantial changes on that rewrite, do your very best, but don't, don't have your feelings. It, 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 they bought it, but didn't like it at that point. So typically, or hopefully, uh, you've done that. That's, you didn't use up your four to six weeks or four to eight weeks, whatever it is you, you want, uh, because what, it, what it's going to say, it's going to say the first draft is four to six weeks with two weeks turnaround for the studio to read and give notes. Uh, all that uh, amounts to what that amounts to is, is you know when you can build them, uh, you're, you're, uh, and that's what those reading periods for the studio are. If they if you turn it in in time, once they get it, the clock starts ticking. If in two weeks they haven't commenced you to the next step, you bill for it anyway, and that keeps them moving. Um, so you uh, so you've done that draft, you've gotten it in. Uh, you want to get it in again? All right, I'll have it done in a week. And by the end of the second week, I've turned into the studio. Um, and it's the only thing you should be focusing on. It should be the most important thing in your life for those two weeks. Um, and that's that's hard, especially if, uh, A, if you're, you're successful and very busy and you have a, a large family or a lot of obligations, it makes it tough to put everything aside for two solid weeks to get that script done. Um, or if you're starting out and you're, you know, you're fighting for every penny you have, it makes it hard, too. Do the hard work. It's worth it because you want to, again, be first in line. Uh, so two weeks, boom, I, I get it in. That first draft's in. They'll read it in a week and get back to you. They'll, they'll get it in. You want to get it in um, Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, never turn in on Monday or Tuesday. It's not worth it because no one's going to read anything. Uh, Wednesday night, people might say, hey, I can read it Thursday. But Thursday is definite because you know you're going to get it read the next three days. Um, then, so you want it to, Monday, Tuesdays when you turn in. Actually, now I'm thinking of it. I tend to turn things in on Tuesdays to producers. Don't give them Monday. I don't want them an extra day of, of telling me what to do. Get it in on, on Tuesday. Give them Tuesday and Wednesday. They are going to want to get it in for the weekend. And so you, you'll typically go Thursday or Friday if you're moving as fast as you need to be. So you'll do that rewrite. Then it's going to take a little bit longer because they're going uh, to have a lot of other scripts have been coming in. So after you do the rewrite, you they may take more than their two weeks of, of turnaround time to meet on it. Um and that'll go so it should it goes, you know yeah, I, I I think it's 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 about that. You you're done with the whole process uh in the beginning of December. And typically you sold it in in, you know, June, July or August. So, you know, it's it, it splits up. But a lot of the time you're gonna be spending, you're gonna think, you know, well, I just spent all these weeks reading it, it is the worst time is when you're waiting for them to get back to you. And as the process goes and as the system, this whole system that we're in uh, moves forward, you, you get start putting, being put into a stack rather than, man, you were the first one in. Boom, it was the only thing I had to read this weekend. You want that attention. And, and so that's why you want get, to get an early start on everything um, because there's a lot of stuff. I hope that answers the question. Oh yeah, he,
1: and he says thank you and uh, for, for for making that answer. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, I think again, you know, what I said earlier—the idea that we're illuminating the process of what goes on—that many people have yet to experience. Many people have yet to get into a pitch room or sell a pilot, or you and know, the their first set, spec script. Many others have, and and they're still waiting. You know, but uh, uh-huh. I, I really appreciate you. Uh, sharing you know what people may you know expect and or what they um n- you know can and or need to do uh in order to to make a dent in it uh, it could be pretty uh, this is why going back to the the pitching and let me just check our time frame here we've got you know about eight minutes or so um but go, you know with 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 going back to the pitching, the idea of of I understand why people want to rehearse because they want to be prepared. But as we were discussing um, earlier, you know, you have your attitude and you have your 3 the three things that you want to hit, and uh, you want to be able to provide the why they should buy. You know, you're
0: passionate about it. Um, uh, and let's, let's, you're the writer to write it. Let's, let's talk about that CBS thing a little bit from a few years ago. Um, right. It was What was it? It was an Australian format they brought me, a very good show, about a uh, – forensic psychologist, works for the police station. She's Her job is to interview people after they've been arrested to see if they're fit to stand trial. Um, so is kind of an interesting thing. It's an interesting, interesting show. They did it, it was a series of TV movies in Australia. Very, very popular. Um, anyway, I took that, you know, converted it to, you know, whatever we do. You know, San Francisco, amped up the stakes a little bit, you know, all the wells and whistles you throw on, something like that. Um, and I really got into it. I took the time to, to go talk to one. I just lucked out because I knew someone that, yeah, I know I know someone that does it. So I went and talked to them and got the passion that they had telling me about their job. I was able to uh, put that on my shoulders and, and, and duplicate that. Um, so there is a little bit of acting in, in there. Um, the one that had sold the day before literally, and, and Nina Tassler called, she said, I just feel terrible because she didn't have any of the were definitely the right. We wanted to do something with a forensic psychologist. You definitely have the better show and the better or the better person to write it, not just because you're a good writer but because clearly you had the passion for it. um we already spent the money uh, and we can't do two. i I don't want to develop them in tandem because I don't want to um, uh, pass on yours or pass on hers so it just it, that that's why it is it is important to have that passion because you have to show that you are the person for that arena if we were unlucky um in the timing, but very lucky that they were looking for something about a forensic. If I'd come in the day before, I'd, that show would be on the air. Or it would have been on the air. I don't know how long ago. So that's what I meant by that.
1: Well, it, it, I mean, this is an important point, you know, that you're the, you're the person to write it, or for that matter, you're the person to produce it. I mean, I, I would hate to go into an office and say, I've got this fabulous idea for this wonderful show, and they go, thank you very much, you know, um, uh, we're going to give it to so-and-so. And, and again, right. I'll tell you what, if they did, and I made the money off of it, I'd say great, fantastic! I made a sale. Sadly, I didn't get to write it or develop it, but at least I made the sale. But if I could pitch not only the project but myself as the person to be at the helm of the development of it, I'd be thrilled.
0: Right. Well, you're gonna be by virtue of of your deal mm-hmm. selling it. It's you being being in uh, being integral to the the whole process of you go to go to pilot, go to series. Um, and for the first one, they're going to want a showrunner on it. Um, you may have say in that. You may not. Uh, good. You, 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 you hopefully will be able to talk to them and, and, and interview them because there will be a lot that will be up for the job. Um, and find someone that you convince them that, A, you're not a threat to their job. B, you're, you're, you have something to offer. Uh, C, they can teach you a lot. That's kind of what you want to, want to do with that. Um, but in the beginning, you will be the creative vision. If they're going to put it on and give it to someone else, so to to get on your knees and thank God uh, that you, you were able to, to, to sell it and set it up. Uh, the more, uh, you know, find your place, feel fine with it, um, and if you stick with the show, you'll, you'll, you'll move up pretty quickly. It, it just will, uh, by virtue of being able to write it and having the, uh, uh, with the agency, I had a showrunner that the studio, the network assigned me that was extremely threatened by me. Um, and in the very beginning, he tried to move me, uh, Blocked me out of my own series. I just kept my head down. I kept doing the work, and the network turned around and said, "Michael, you can't do that because he runs basically runs the writing of the show. You know, no one else can write it. Uh, if you have something to give, it'll come up." And they they didn't really. Uh, they would have been happy to to have listened to their showrunner, but they but I I had done the work that I needed to do, and I continued to do it, and so that worked out. It ended up working out. Just finding me, and and we're friends. But. Uh, it can be rocky, people have their egos, and you know you' just got you, you gotta uh, take the place that you're given and do your best job in it and and it will all it will work out the way it's supposed to you have got to turn into work though
1: Well, that's very cool. Um, so for the next yeah actually uh, about four or five minutes. Um, is there anything that you want to revisit uh, regarding what you said in terms of, of, of the pitch process today? I, as you said, we'll talk about other things later on in notes and, and and maybe some of the notions that people will pitch or how to present those ideas. But but for now, um, you know, I loved what you said, for example, about, you know, f- choosing your seat. If you can get in there and choose your seat, sit, you know, away from the window so that they – need to face you and not be looking outside and being distracted or, you know, stand up, clap your hands, change something about what you're doing in order to keep their attention. You know, as a rule of thumb, it's, it's, it, it, I've taught public speaking for decades, and one of the things that we've always told people, which uh, I'm, I'm sure you mentioned it, you know, in terms of pitching classes, is to stand. When presenting an idea, we, we've told people to do this in boardrooms across the country and and you know and everywhere. Even if you're at a dinner party, you know, and you see, it, you are much more uh, interesting, much more fascinating, much more in attention if you can stand up and talk. You have far further, far more energy to uh, present your ideas and are more animated than if you're seated um, trying to present right. the same
0: information. And, and you but you'll know if that's going to work or not. If you need to do it, right. do it. Um, what I tend to do is. I sit back comfortably and get rolling and then move closer and closer into their personal space across the table. So I'm leaning forward. I I don't yell in their face or spit in their face. I'll modulate my voice. Um, But uh, if you can break, if you can just break that bit, you don't want what Americans do with personal space. And and I was fortunate enough to to get a a lot of lessons in uh, interrogation um, from, from people that do it very well. Uh, and it's just research, not because I was interrogated. Um, the uh, What they talk about is, is this personal space. With Americans, our personal space tends to be pretty much, we like to have about six feet around us in a circle. Um, other nationalities, their uh, personal space moves, but ours does, tends not to as Americans move. So you know when they sit down at the table, and executives, they're going to take more personal space. So when that senior VP sits down, basically, zoop, their circle went out way over and you're just in your chair. So I always start leaning back so they feel that this is their room. And then I start getting closer and closer and closer. I scoop my chair up. I put my elbows on the table. Uh, and that, that does that same same sort of thing. That That, that is useful. Um, you can tell and you can tell when they're like not liking that and you pull back, but that means they're not liking your pitch. If they, If they're liking your pitch, you're going to get straight in there.
1: Well, again, what is great about what your uh, experience and expertise that you 're sharing is is that there 's two things going on one you 're doing things to make an impact, and two you 're noticing the effect that it has on the people who are listening and paying attention and adjusting your behavior or modifying it as necessary to keep their attention and to create rapport and to be able to make your points and to and to uh, gently you know encroach on their space so that there 's this commonality. You know, and if it's not working, you make the adjustments in order to you know, back up or back off and, and, and you adjust tactics. There's, I think some people get caught up in their head and they're not paying attention to the outside world and they don't know the effect that they're having on other people when they're speaking or acting or behaving or whatever. And at that moment, it is really, really critical to be aware of whether your pitch where whatever line of work you 're in, but especially in the t v movie business that we 're talking about what you know whether it 's telling your children you know to clean their room whether it 's getting in or not, whether they 're buying it or not, whether they 're agreeing or not those those are components you want to be aware of
0: that's right another one that 's good is now you have to remember you know your project better than anyone in that room, you know it intimately um, an executive may have a question or may make a comment about something they liked or something, it's it's very difficult not to interrupt them and, A, agree with them or say, let me illuminate that a little bit more. Let them have their time to own it. So let them own their question. You know, I, I can anticipate every single question, and it took me a while of, of growing up to learn that you don't cut them off in their question just because you can already answer it for them. They, as much as they want the answer they want to be able to ask the question as well. I, I used to do that all the time. I just you know they could say, with about this give me a subject and the verb I know exactly what their question is so you know my mind, my intellect was moving so quickly it'd be like, well why do they, they don't need to bother wasting any words I can get to the answer and give them that but you don't need to sell that hard. Let them, let them invest. Let them ask a question. let them say what they like and why they liked it rather than you tell them why you like it. Um, you, you've got to let them, them participate, and that, that's hard to do um, because your instinct is, is you're, you're there to sell, and so your instinct is to, to keep pushing. Um, but in silence, you can also uh, you can also be selling.
1: You know, we are we are frankly out of time, but that is Our such
0: a, an. Imp-
1: Point in, well, this has been wonderful, this has been marvelous, but it's, it's, it's such an important point. You know, it's it's easy if you can present something. I mean, it's not easy, but I'm saying it's probably best if you can present something, you know, listen, be available, present it, and have them sell themselves back on what you've done rather than push too hard and, and lose the entire sale. You know, it, it, it's kind of like inviting somebody to a party, <laughs> you know. You make it appealing so that they want to come. Uh, but
0: you don't force them. No, no, that's right. That's right. How, how many times would that happen to, is with parties or something where they invite you, you say you're going to come, and then they keep inviting you? And then you're like, right. hey, I don't really want to do this. Stop inviting me. I already said yes. Um, so right. uh, that's good. But what we'll do next time, I, I don't know what topic we'll, we'll talk about. We will revisit this a little in the beginning as I'll update yeah. what I've learned. And now I'm having my meetings, so I'll update how these meetings are going and if anything's changed in the... Uh, in, in this uh, wonderful wor- world we live in, this time of year, um, so we can, can kind of circle back on this. Um, we can get into development uh, and working with development features and, and dealing with notes, and 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 go into that a little bit more in the rewrite process will, and yeah. how not to make enemies. Um, and we can do that. We can also do how you develop and how you work on a, on a show. We can go into absolutely
1: well. well this has been absolutely thrilling. I'm going to give you a call back in just a moment, just to debrief and to say thank you. Uh, but you have been absolutely fabulous. I appreciate your time. I appreciate all the insights that you shared through all of our episodes. Now we've done four of the writer series, but we also did a couple on, on two Appomattox and on and on yourself and other projects as well. So listeners, uh, listen up. If you've enjoyed today's show, go back and and, you can, and if this is the first time and you haven't heard Michael's. Other shows with me, discussions, please go back and listen to them at your leisure. And please continue to share and tell other people about um, Michael, my guest, and all of these shows. Michael, thanks so much. I'm going to close the You're welcome. And, uh, and and have a great day, and I'll talk to you in just a couple of moments. But thank you so Superb. much. Superb. Thank you. thank you. Thanks, everyone. All Bye. Right. All right. What a fascinating conversation and what a fascinating guest. I I really appreciate you listening and being here and those people in the chat room, and I appreciate my guests for taking the time and the energy and the effort to share uh, all this valuable information with us. So please do leave comments at the player, whether you listen live or archive. Please do spread the word, and please do go to the archives at recsites.com, the interviews blog or Blog Talk Radio, or to iTunes for the the podcast, and uh, rate and review them when you're there. But, um, but spread the word near and far. I really do appreciate it. Remember, I've got upcoming guests. We're going to do a show on Full Circle. That will be a surprise show. I'll just announce it on Twitter or Facebook. So stay tuned. You can follow uh, Michael at 2Appomattox on, on Twitter or MFF as in Frank Beckner on uh, Twitter or go to 2 Appomattox friends page on Facebook or go to 2Appomattox.com and be sure that you check out his offerings. Um, uh, my website is com. Be sure to check that out. And um, I thank you for all the support and the letters and the kind words and, and, and talking and in and business. Please be sure to go to Indiegogo and check on uh, Everybody Says Goodbye is the story of a father and a son by Michael ba- uh, Barnard. And check out Full Circle on uh, Indiegogo and support as you uh, possibly can and will. My next guest that's scheduled will be John. T. Trigonis, author uh, and uh, expert on crowdfunding, and we're going to talk to him on the 31st at the same time in the States. It's 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, 8 8 a.m. Pacific time. So, Anyway, I want to thank all of you for uh, staying tuned and uh, helping me share and tweeting and Facebooking and and spreading the word about this website and uh, these discussions. Uh, I really do appreciate it. You can become uh, a friend of Rexyke's Movie Beat by clicking on the friends page at Facebook. My own website, I told you this before, but if you're listening for the first time, has been held hostage by the developer, and I'm trying to get it so that I can release it. I may just end up uh, finding another avenue in the meantime. But uh, uh, during that time, all of the information that you need to know is either in Rexyke's Movie Beat friends or other pages that I have on Facebook, or my own profile page. can't take any more followers on my profile page, but you can always go and click on uh, uh, Facebook Friends, uh, Rex Sykes, Movie Beat, Friends. If I can find Facebook, I'll tell you. I also run a group called um, Filmmakers Network. Movies, television, directors, producers, writers, actors. If you type Filmmakers Network into the search bar on Facebook, uh, you will get to that group and uh, that's a small but growing group. And there you can blog, and uh, you can post about your projects. As you can on Rex Sykes Movie, post and cast and, and announce and crowdfund on all these things as well as share and uh, find out about upcoming guests. All right. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at RexSykesMovieBT, RexSykesMovieBT at Twitter. Go ahead and follow me. All right, everybody, have a fabulous day. Make your movies. Complete your projects. And until we meet the next time, that is a wrap.